0: he realizes what he's done both to himself and to Jesus and wants to take it all back but once you do that once you do what Judas did it's very difficult to take that sort of thing back it's kind of like taking a plate and throwing it on the ground and then apologizing and expecting the plate to put itself back together as if it was brand new Sure and Certain Hope, a podcast about faith, Jesus, the church, and other things. I'm Father Jed, the host. I'm the rector of the Church of the Redeemer in Kenmore, Washington. This is the third and final reflection for the three first weekdays of Holy Week, Wednesday. April 8th, 2020. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 13, beginning at the 21st verse. Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Very truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So, while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. After he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, Do quickly what you are going to do. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Jesus had the common purse. Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Here ends the reading. We enter, in today's Gospel, into the middle. Of a story. We're actually prefiguring. What will happen tomorrow. In the Jesus washing. Of the disciples feet. This is what happens. Right after that. Jesus sits back down. Mentions that someone. Will betray him. And then. Everyone says. Surely not I Lord. Surely not I Lord. And then Peter's like. Hey. To the beloved disciple hey ask him which one it is because obviously peter wants to have a word or two with them i mean come on peter's a fisherman that's the way they roll so they the beloved disciple then asks jesus who it is and we learn these interesting things about this disciple now The reality is that we probably know who the beloved disciple is. It's probably Lazarus. Could be John, but it's probably Lazarus, and we know this because of the way that he's described. Think back to Monday, when Mary and Martha and Lazarus give a dinner party for Jesus, and Mary and Martha serves. Mary does her thing with the oil of Nard. What is Lazarus doing? Do you remember? Lazarus is reclining at table with Jesus. But that's not, that's what the English version says. That's not what the Greek says. The Greek says, Lazarus reclines on, in Jesus' bosom, on Jesus' chest. Lazarus is at the place of honor at the table. And he, the beloved disciple is dis- described in today's gospel as being in exactly the same place. That Lazarus is a chapter ago, in chapter 12, back on Monday. And so, in likelihood, this beloved disciple that we hear about from here on forth in John's gospel is actually Lazarus. So, Lazarus goes to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, who is it? Jesus tells him, it's the one to whom I give this bread after I dip it in the cup. And then he gives it to Judas. And in Lazarus and Judas, excuse me, the beloved disciple and Judas, you have these interesting counterpoints within the passion narrative, almost opposite roles themselves. Now, the beloved disciple, again, it's probably Lazarus, but we call them the beloved disciple because we're not sure, has, for sure, to be sure, Um, garnered quite a bit of attention because of the mystery around not naming that person. But maybe not as much as Judas. After all, in some ways, Judas is the interesting one, right? I mean, this is Judas. Judas is the one who betrays Jesus. Judas is the one who has followed Jesus for the whole time. He's one of the 12 in every single one of the gospel accounts, and yet, he's the one who portrays Jesus. Certainly, most 20th century depictions of the Passion of Jesus have found Judas to be very interesting. Now, those of you who have heard me speak enough or heard me enough at Holy Week, know that when we get to Holy Week, I generally default to Jesus Christ Superstar because of the way I was brought up. That was what we listened to, uh, and and so when I whenever I really begin to think about Judas, I, I tend to default to Jesus Christ Superstar for Judas' identity. This this frustrated, maligned, do-gooder with a Machiavellian streak, which might be who Judas was. We don't know. Even his name is a mystery. Judas is. One of the few surnamed disciples, Iscariot. Now, there's lots of things that that could be. If we're thinking that this is a transliteration from uh, directly from Hebrew, then it's Ish-Karioth. That is a man from Karioth, which is could also be... There was a town called Karioth, but it could also just mean a city guy, someone from the city. Um, not particularly good at being out in the wild, particularly back in the sticks in Galilee. So it could have just been a nickname. Um, There's also a a strong possibility that it was a Aramaic nickname connected to the Sicari, Sicarius. Uh, And that would have meant that uh, particularly if you combine it with Judas' name. Uh, remember, Judas is the Greekification of the Hebrew name Judah. And that, you know, think Judah Ben-Hur or Judah Maccabee, the revolutionary. So this man who his first name is named after a revolutionary and whose surname could be Sikari. That is the name of a assassin group of revolutionaries whose job it was it means dagger man uh, whose job it was to and self-appointed job to go out and kill as many roman officials as they could Uh, so he had a particular idea of what jesus was supposed to do if that's the case Um, and same if he was if he was simply a city slicker Um, jesus is not uh, and so there could have been friction there. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, Judas turns on Jesus. And he repents of it later in, in several of the accounts. Uh, he he realizes what he's done both to himself and to Jesus and wants to take it all back. But once you do that, once you do what Jesus, Judas did... It's very difficult to take that sort of thing back. It's kind of like taking a plate and throwing it on the ground. And then apologizing and expecting the plate to put itself back together as if it was brand new. Doesn't really happen. John tells us the devil had already entered his heart. And this is an interesting note in and of itself because... The way that John uses devil does not mean, you know, Satan with the horns and the tail and the hooves and all that good stuff. It literally just means adversary. So it had entered into Judas' heart to become Jesus' adversary, to become Jesus' opponent in this case. Now, John has already typified Judas as being greedy, money-grubbing, yada, yada, yada but then why did Jesus make him the treasurer of Jesus' disciple vestry, of the apostle vestry? I mean, because that's what Judas is. I mean, it's very clear. That's what Judas is. He's the, he's the treasurer. He's the one who keeps the money box. So why make him the treasurer if Jesus is who Jesus is? That's why the contrast between Lazarus, I mean, the the beloved disciple and Judas is so interesting because there are these two polar points of following Jesus dwelling, reclining near Jesus heart, being in the heart of Jesus and yet betraying and also betraying him. This is the two parts of being a follower of Jesus that we have to fit between and hopefully closer to one than to the other. But the reality is that we are in the heart of Jesus. That is part of what being a disciple is. The reality of being human, though, is also that we are over there with Judas as well. We are also at times betraying Jesus if you have any question about this, go back and read Matthew 25. Go back and, and read, Lord, when did we not see you hungry, hungry and feed you, see you thirsty and give you something to drink, see you naked and clothe you in prison or sick and visit you? When did we not do these things? And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, as you did not do it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did not do it to me. Read that and be honest with yourself. Ask yourself it, which of those you fit into more of the time And all those times when you don't fit, when you fit more with the goats than with the sheep, you're closer to Judas. I'm closer to Judas than to Lazarus. I mean, the beloved disciple. So on this spy Wednesday... Maybe it's a good time, maybe the, the perfect time for us to think about where we are on this continuum of Lazarus, I mean, beloved disciple and Judas. When are we dwelling most in Jesus' heart and when are we most betraying Jesus? When are we falling down on those promises we made when we were buried with Christ in our baptism? When are we failing to continue in the Apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of the bread and the prayers? When are we failing to persevere in resisting evil, allowing a spirit of adversar- adversity, adversarialness, to enter into our heart. When are and and not repenting about it? When are we not striving for justice among all people? When are we not proclaiming by word and example the good news of God and Christ? When are we not seeking and serving Christ in all persons and loving our neighbor even as we love ourself? Because it's those times that we are closer to the heart of Judas than we are to the heart of Lazarus. I mean, the beloved disciple and being aware of them, being honest about the fact that we swing between these two poles is the first step to slowing our movement, slowing down the pendulum swing between them to land where we want to be ultimately where our goal is to be ultimately which is reclining on the bosom reclining in the heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus I want to thank you for listening to this Podcast for Holy Wednesday. I wish you a blessed rest of your Holy Week, a, a glorious and blessed Holy Triduum, and a very happy Easter. I hope that you will join us again here on Insurance Certain Hope. And God's blessing and love be with you now and forevermore.